This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Namai, hari mai. Good afternoon, Kiora Tanakwe, Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media, Bruce Scott and Mel Driscoll. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views on March 6th. It is day 65. Well, joined by Mel shortly, March 6th, 1836 this day, an event in history that we all remember in the history books. The 10-day standoff at the Alamo Fort Ends. The siege began February 23, the same year, when Mexican army... Um, this is during the Texas Revolution. 60,000 Mexican troops under General Santa Ana stormed the mission. Among the casualties, famed frontiersman Davy Crockett and Jim Bowie. Remember the Bowie knife? Crockett, previously a U.S. congressman. In the southern part of Texas, in the town of San Antonio, is a fortress all in ruins that the weeds have overgrown. You may look in vain for crosses and you'll never see a one But sometimes between the setting and the rising of the sun You can hear a ghostly bugle as the men go marching by You can hear them as the answer to that roll call in the sky Colonel Travis, Davy Crockett, and 180 more Captain Dickinson, Jim Bowie, present and accounted for Back in 1836, Houston said to Travis, Get some volunteers and go, fortify the Alamo. Well, the men came from Texas and from old Tennessee, and they joined up with Travis just to fight for the right to be free. Indian scouts with squirrel guns, men with muzzle loaders, stood together, heel and toe. To defend the Alamo, you may never see your loved ones, Travis told them that day. Those who want to can leave now, those who fight to the death, let them stay. In the sand he drew a line with his army saber. Out of 185, not a soldier crossed the line with his banners a-dancing in the dawn's golden light. Santa Anna came prancing on a horse that was black as the night. Sent an officer to tell Travis to surrender. Travis answered with a shell and a rousing rebel yell. Santa Anna turned scarlet, played to Quayle, he roared. I will show them no quarter, everyone will be put to the sword. One hundred and eighty-five, holding back five thousand. Five days, six days, eight days, ten, Travis held and held again. Then he sent for replacements for his wounded and lame. But the troops that were coming never came, never came, never came. Twice he charged, then blew recall on the fatal third time. Santa Anna breached the wall, and he killed them one and all. Now the bugles are silent, and there's rust on each sword. And the small band of soldiers 
lie asleep in the arms of the Lord. In the southern part of Texas, near the town of San Antonio, like a statue on his fiddle rides a cowboy all alone. And he sees the cattle grazing where a century before Santa and his guns were blazing and the cannons used to roar And his eyes turn sort of misty and his heart begins to glow And he takes his hat off slowly to the men of Alamo To the thirteen days of glory At the siege of Alamo Free FM 89.0 Independent community media is just on Two minutes past one The siege of the Alamo The late Marty Robbins There was a John Wayne movie Featured the story uh, John Wayne directed or produced the movie And there was a Disney movie And just a question this afternoon There's an actor in that Disney movie who played two famous frontiersmen. He played in the Disney movie along with Buddy Epson. He, um, he, he did play Davy Crockett, and he also played another famous American frontiersman. I'll give you a hint shortly. Good afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon, and especially to our guest, our first guest today, Claire St. Pierre. Like I- a seed, Perongia Te Aroareo Kahu Restoration Society took root. At meetings between Department of Conservation officials and local citizens, there flowered a joint committee, a focus group for concerns over everything that threatens our native fauna and flora, especially in the native bush, streams and gullies near Pirongia. That early committee formed in 1997, preparing the way. When did you take up the challenge, Claire? Oh, well, Mel, um, I was there in that um, joint working group um, with the Department of Conservation way back in 1997, yeah, and so I've just been involved ever since. Like, um, we had our first public meeting to form the society in 2002, and I was elected the chairperson there, and I'm still there. One of the most welcome sounds, though in nothing like the intensity of the past bird song, is the call of the kōkako. Over a year ago, your Restoration Society helped to band and release two chicks, kōkaku chicks. Has anything been heard or seen of them since, Claire? Um, yeah, we, we have been able to keep tabs on them, but unfortunately those particular chicks uh, didn't survive long. Um, they, they were found, um, some of them were on the ground um, from their nests, and they were sent away for autopsy, and we think that it might have been an avian predator that um, yeah caused their demise, unfortunately. Oh, but I mean, that's, that's one of the risks we have. You know, like mm. it's a um, it's a natural ecosystem. Um, you know, we still have predators and those that are preyed on. Even though we keep our our like our rats and possums really low. If the chicks had survived, would they have been moved, say, to up to Mangatautri just to keep an eye on them? Oh no, they. They're generally pretty safe in our pest control area, and what we're trying to do is build up the numbers 
um, on Mount Pirongia so that we've got a thriving population there that that's sort of re-established on Mount Pirongia. But but what we think is that they'll gradually spread out across the landscape, um, you know, like going to sort of bush fragments uh, around the mountain. And so we've already had some reports of people seeing them in their private um, bush stands. It's a very distinct call, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. In fact, it's, it's said to be one of the most beautiful bird calls in the whole world. It really is something special. Yeah, because I live here in the inner city and... Um I, we get a we get a daytime more pork. Um, <laughs> I call it a demented more pork being being out in the daytime. It should be a, should be around at night. <laughs> Kokaku checks were also reported at Farauroa. Does mm. that figure in the work of the Restoration Society? Yes, yes, we've got a pest control um, control. Uh, like, like I suppose it covers. Um, 1,400 hectares on Mount Pirongia, and Farauroa is sort of our southern southern um, boundary of the Bates Station Grid. It's it's the walking track that goes up the ridge um, from O'Shea Road. And in fact, we've got three or four uh, piers on that walking track now. They seem to like that, that ridge. Another focus of your attention is one of the shyest of all plants, surely, the Dactylanthus. If the Restoration Society is to go monitoring this rare native plant, the first challenge, I'm told, might be to find one. Um, yeah, well, that wouldn't be surprising because um, this plant grows entirely underground. Uh, it's, it likes to attach itself to the roots of, of host um, plants and, and so the only time you can actually see it is when it flowers because its flowers sort of push through uh, like the leaf litter and they've sort of got um, sort of whitish, greyish flowers. Um, and but, but they are reasonably easy to find, I must admit, now because um, the ones that we um, monitor are known populations and they're up near the summit and they're actually caged to protect them from browsing from like uh, possums. And so we, we've got maps um, that sort of indicate where their location is. So, so we can find them reasonably well. We like to um, monitor them when they're flowering because that confirms that they're doing all right. And they need help with pollinating because the, the native pollinator, the main one, was the short-tailed bat, um, but it's no longer present on Mount Pirongia. So when we go up and check the flowering, we also do hand pollinating to ensure that there's good seed sets so that... You know, we're going to get a um, succession of, of new plants over time. Everything being connected in some way. <laughs> the cycle yeah. goes on, yeah. but did we stand the risk that we might have lost that plant in New Zealand? Well, it, well, it was actually really widespread across um, the the country, certainly in the North Island, and um, it, it was, I suppose it suffered from people digging it up because... It's its common name is wood rose. So, because it grows on on the roots of of um, other other plants or like shrubs and trees, um, that that interface actually creates a beautiful rose form. And um, so, 
Oh, in the early days, you know, people would dig them up and actually sell them and, and like florists like to have them and things like that and most people had a nice specimen in their own home and things like that. So that, that didn't do them any favours and then with um, possums and rats as well browsing the flowers, it, it, it just means that it's really been in decline and so we're quite fortunate that the population on Mount, on Mount Pirongia are still present uh, and, and yeah, they, they are around in other places but they're certainly not not plentiful anymore with of course pollination you've got to have bees so plenty of bees <laughs> pl- pl- plenty of bees around Porongia um, I don't know about bees but I have seen a wasp actually um, pollinating and so there are other insects that, that would be pollinating mm-hmm. um, I mean it's, it's really important um, as, as part of an ecosystem because I'm told it used to generate heaps of nectar and so it was a really important source of energy uh, for the ecosystem, yeah, food source. And so even though we might, say, remove pests um, from from the, the bush on Mount Pirongia, if we don't have these plants able to re-establish, there's still going to be a really important component that's missing that would, you know, give it the mouldy, I suppose, that life force. That, that, that those forest ecosystems need. From Pirongia Munga, native birds might find convenient a flight, only 30 kilometres as the Kereru flies, to Puriora mm. Forest Park. Do you link with like-minded enthusiasts whose focus is on that forest? Yes, in fact, we've got another pest control project down there that, that covers a 1,000 hectares of a place called Okahukura, which is in the northern part of Puriora Forest. And um, we got involved with that because when we were wanting to bring Kuokako back to Mount Pirongia, we couldn't, we couldn't get um, agreement um, from DOC or from the, the Kuokako specialist group that it would be a good idea to um, start a new population of the birds because they were actually really concerned about the, the species as a whole, like the, the birds they already had, that, that they could see they were in decline. And so we heard about an unprotected remnant um, population of Kuokako that was at Okahukura. And we said that, well, we would um, adopt that population and make sure that it, w- it got protection and um, <clears throat> so the, the numbers there could increase. Um, and it was an important population because it was sort of, in the middle of, of two other um, populations, north and south, um, that were that were being looked after. And so if we could um, help the Wanaru Kahukura um, increase, uh, there was the good chance that all of those subpopulations would join up and form one big population, um, which would help, you know, the, the future of the species. And in fact... That, that that's what happened. Um, yeah, we started that I think in 2015. Yep. It's not only it's not only the humankind that are looking after these birds, but uh, our four-legged friends are also part of the plan too. And I've seen them on documentaries that specially trained dogs are taken into these areas too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fascinating actually. Um, yes, I, I've got a, a lot of respect for uh, conservation dogs and things like that. And in fact. I think it's it's a good sign that we've got such a broad range of different actors that are, are doing their bit for native biodiversity because, you know, it's seen some devastating declines um, which haven't actually really been able to be slowed down. And, and so I, I think everyone has to think, I want these 
native species to continue. You know, they're part of my identity as a New Zealander, um, and I should be thinking about how I could do something myself. Fellow councillors on the Waipa District Council must appreciate your knowledge, your insight into fauna and flora of New Zealand because local government can't help but be involved. Yeah, yeah, councils are really important. Um, I, I suppose that, that, that they, they cover, their, their interests um, cover a lot of aspects that relate directly to the environment. Um, but of course, there are different voices around the council table. And, and in the past, I think, there's been a focus on economic well-being and economic development. And sometimes that, that might clash with environmental um, aims. And so there always has to be a balance, I guess. Um, yeah, but, but I do think that the, the public um, are sort of being more vocal about uh, wanting to see like environmental well-being elevated more. And, and then we have a lot of young people who are very concerned about climate change and looking after our native biodiversity is an important part of mitigating the effects of climate change. So yep. we're definitely hearing that message. There's a place which is in the heart of the Waipa district. It's called Kaipaki and, of course, Walker's Gully, which separates Kaipaki through Pukirimu. Um, Walker's Gully, as I grew up out there, it, oh, yeah. it was full of native flora and fauna and birds, etc., etc. Is there any protection in place on Walker's Gully? Well, um... Uh, because I am um, a Waipa district councillor, I'm always, I'm also, I also sit on Resource Management Act hearings for resource consents, and I'm pretty sure that we consented um, a quarry, a sand quarry that that um, was on the eastern boundary yes, of yep, Walker's Gully. Yep, yep, yep. I, yeah, I, I, I remember the stream going through there, and yeah. um, it's. It, I think the last time I went through there was a big sand pit. Yes, yes, that's right. And so part of the um, conditions of that consent uh, was that there would be protection um, for, you, you know, like the, the margins, uh, the, the, the gully margins. Mm-hmm. Um, but but, what, but it, what it really needs, though, is a, is, is a, a sort of a, a group, a care group to adopt it. Mm-hmm. And because all of these... Um, remnants of, of native bush, whether they're gullies or mountains or, you know, bush stands on, on people's farms or whatever, they all need uh, fencing, pest control, and then probably replanting or certainly um, targeted species reintroduced just so that you get the right balance. Yep. Um, yeah, and so, I, I mean, there's some fantastic work that's underway, actually. Like, I'm really impressed with what's happening um, in Hamilton City. You know, there's some excellent um, gully um, groups that are, that are working really hard there. And then um, with Pirongi Aotearoa or Kahu Restoration Society, we're, we're part of um, a corridor project that would link um, Pirongi with Mangatauteri along the, mainly the Mangapiko stream. And, and that's also sort of trying to get more momentum around... Um, landowners along that stretch uh, doing native planting um, fencing off waterways improving water quality you know, um, yeah and, and in fact that stream also goes through Chiamutu yep. and Pirongia Village and so there's opportunities for people that live in those urban areas Could you see, another, also, could you see another cycle trail? 
Oh, <laughs> yes, I do, but we wouldn't try and um, make the corridor the route for the cycle trail. There is there is a plan to link um, Te Omutu and Pirongia with a cycle trail that, that would follow some key cultural sites like uh, Lake Naruto and things like that. Uh, but we, we did, we, we did uh, look at whether or not that corridor project could be a cycleway as well, but we were told it would just be put it in the two hard basket and just focus on trying, trying to get the planting done. <laughs> yeah. Trouble is that takes time to do this cycling. I imagine that well, you yeah, and other city... Yeah, yeah, like it does. I mean, now when we um, started um, the, the group for Pirongi and Maunga, we were told that, you know, it probably would take 900 years to restore that. <laughs> None of us are going to live that long. But the thing is, the important thing is to start. And and like when we started, um, you know, that group that was, that working group with Doc, like that started in 1997, we had no idea if there was anyone else in the community that felt like us, that, that wanted to actually help. And yet it's been a, a, so gratifying that when we put the call out, you know, to, to get volunteers to help with our bait station filling, you know, we've always had a, a really great response. Yep. Yeah, so, um, and it's good for people to sort of, um, I suppose, link up with existing groups and and get on board with what's already in place and then we hope that you know others will will branch out and and, and form groups yeah. to care for other areas well well knowing places like kaipaki rotorangi kairangi etc etc they are environmental magic because i grew up in that area that was a that was my back door when i grew up out that mm-hmm. way so it's, yeah. I, I hope uh, the Waipa District Council, this council and council's future um, will keep an eye on them. Yeah, I'm sure we will. In fact, um, with our policies and what we consult on with the public, we're just preparing to consult on an environmental strategy. And so that's quite broad. Um, and so it, it covers, uh, I suppose, restoration of of those areas that you mentioned, yep. um, it's also looking at, at other other parts of, uh, I suppose, environmental well-being and how people, ordinary people, can you know whether it's reducing waste or um, making sure that our buildings and our, our new developments are actually going to have as little impact as, po- as possible um, on the environment, things like that. So I'd encourage your listeners to watch out for that. Strategy. Um, it'll be cons- uh, out for consultation in the next few months, and then we've got another one that's pretty much um, out there now, which is the transportation strategy, sort of the future of transportation, because that's about trying to encourage. Well, part of it, I'm not supposed to say what I'm committed to or, or predetermined, but part of that is looking to encourage more active modes. Yep. of transport, so more cycleways and things like that, which of course is yep. good for the environment as well. Um, are, are you standing for council again this year? Oh, good question, Mel. Um, I think I am, but to be honest, I am really concerned about the Three Waters reform oh. and also the RMA reforms, and I'm waiting to see what happens there before I make a firm commitment. Sure, but you're not the only one. Hey, Claire, yeah. it's been a pleasure, and my name's Bruce anyway, so... Oh, sorry. That's sorry, okay. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, you, you talk about a period in my time over 
50 years ago that I lived out there. So it, it, it's good to catch up with the news from my old stamping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Claire, okay. enjoy your rest of your Sunday afternoon. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Bye. Claire okay, St. Pierre, a councillor with the Waipa District Council and a very adventurous and, may we say, determined conservationist. Yes, no. Yeah, no. I backed on my farm where I lived on, backed on to Walker's Gully. So... I'm glad they're looking after those. Right, the question I asked, what American actor both played Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone? You've probably been wondering. His name was Fez Parker, and he appeared in the Disney movie uh, Davy Crockett along with the late Buddy Epson of the Beverly Hillbillies. Remember the song? Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest day in the land of the feet. Oh, Davey, didn't want to play for me. Um, we'll just see there's a bit of dust on this um, CD, and we may move it to the other one, see if we can uh, get it uh, back online for you. Sorry about that. Uh, haven't uh, played the CD for a while. So talk among yourselves while I uh, get uh, this uh, thing playing again. Hopefully we will get the ballad of Davy Crockett underway for you again. Let's try this. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, greenest day in the land of the free, raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. single-handed through the Indian War till the creeks was whipped and peace was in store and while he was handling this risky chore made himself a legend forevermore Davy, Davy Crockett the man who don't know fear He went off to Congress and served a spell Fixing up the government and laws as well Took over Washington, so I heard tell And patched up the crack in the Liberty Bell Davy, Davy Crockett Seeing his duty clear When he come home, his politicking was done Why, the Western March had just begun so he packed his gear and his trusty gun and lit out a grinning to follow the sun davy davy crockett leading the pioneer the ballad of davy crockett and of course that's from the movie starring fez parker and buddy epson 25 past one remember those days of Disneyland, and of course today is the anniversary of the Alamo, and uh, of course Davy Crockett died at that siege in Texas. Uh, we are trying to get the latest Ministry of Health cases in COVID, and we're going to the Ministry of Health uh, website. So um, while we do that, we'll attempt this song, another Disney song. 
here at Free FM. leave the music there because our next guest has arrived and I'm keeping an eye on the latest COVID information mill. Jan Galandas, a retired nurse of Nelson, she told us a while ago that come this summer there was going to be a trip and it would be going around in a motorhome around the South Island. A brief sally around the island it seems and how did it all go Jan? Oh we had such a good time. Um, My travel companion and I participated in an activity run by uh, one of the areas of the New Zealand Motorhome and Caravan Association, Area 76 North Canterbury, and they set up a hunting safari. And normal, in normal times, a safari would be a group of people in their motorhomes who would travel together. But given people's reluctance to cohort widely, they came up with this kind of scavenger hunt approach. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so we purchased the pack off them for a whole $10, $4.60 of it was postage back to us, um, and it contained our instructions and this special token that we had to include in our photographic responses to the challenges. So we went, it was between Kaiapoi and Gore, and we visited 44 different locations uh, and in each of those locations, we had to take between one and four photographs. At least one of them had to include our motorhome. And all of them had to include this token which we were provided, which was actually a plastic cutout motorhome, about four centimetres wide and ten centimetres long. And at these locations, we also had to answer between naught and two challenge questions, which might be something like, on the plinth, there's, a, um, there's some writing and what is the fifth word in the third line. Um, sometimes we had to produce a receipt, so we had to buy anything, anything from a place, even ice cream somewhere <laughs> in the shopping receipt. Um, there were three mystery locations, two of which we managed to find and one we aborted due to the weather, to be honest. Um, and you had to visit a couple of little museums along the way, which was very interesting. Um, they had an uh, aviation theme, and I didn't even know these two museums existed. So one was a little museum in Mandeville, uh, and there are two Mandevilles in, North Island, in the South Island, which I also didn't know. So the most northern Mandeville has a little um, hobby enthusiast um, museum where they've got some very rare little aeroplanes. And then there's another similar sort of thing in Ashburton. Uh, in the Ashburton one, we got a list of uh, questions that the enthusiasts um, there had put together for school kids. This was part of our rally challenge, was to complete the school children's question challenge, which was the scavenger within the actual facility, which we also thoroughly enjoyed. And then we had to uh, photograph a dairy um, factory, any dairy factory, any derelict building, the more derelict, the better. And we have within our community something called park over properties, which is where I might have a section somewhere that's reasonably flat and I could fit a few motorhomes in it. So I say to my organisation, NZMCA, yes, people can park on my 
on my property. So it's part over property. We had to find one of them and write it up. So we decided to stay in a park over property in Lumsden, um, which was a, um, we drove to following the, um, the information that our, com- our organisation provides to us on an app. And when we got there, it's actually more derelict than the most derelict building we had already photographed. I would have so, loved to have been there with you. <laughs> Yeah, we had such a lot of fun, such a lot of fun. In the, in the, in the intervening time, we um, went on bike rides and, um, and had meals out in cafes and walked through town, stuff like that. Jen. Yeah, we weren't, oh. yeah, we weren't able to actually win the competition. There was a winner. I don't know who it was. Um, we weren't able to win because we weren't actually able to be at the final destination. Um, we had to be home back in Nelson a, a week before. Jan, yeah. Jan, with with every road trip, you've got to have a playlist. Did what what was on your road trip playlist? Uh, look, I made a big mistake and I forgot to take my set of CDs, so I had to listen to somebody else's for the entire road trip. But it wasn't it wasn't too bad. So we got to listen to uh, Neil Diamond and Elvis Presley, and I'm showing my age, Roy Orbison. Oh yeah. Um, Yes, um, a little bit of country, older country music like Hank Williams and Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and Kenny Rogers. What about Marty Robbins? Oh, yes, I think you might be right. Marty Robbins. Yes, definitely. Um, Gene Autry. Gene Autry. That yes. takes us back. That takes us all back, doesn't it, hey? Some of those, <laughs> some of those old cowboy westerns. Oh, just, just just stay there because I've got a special treat for you coming up right Ooh. now. You probably heard this song on your trip. Okay. It's going to go right now. <laughs> Bit of El Paso was that on the was that on the playlist? I think it might have been on the playlist. Yes. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Oh, great music. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? Yes, we're going to the Country Music Club tonight, actually. What's tonight? That, that isn't one that I'm going to sing, but I'm going to have a go at singing if I only had time. I John Rolls tonight. My, well, that's uh, that calls it's a for a, too, isn't it? An old a country song. A lot of flexibility <laughs> of voice. Yes. You've always loved that number. <laughs> My who? You've always loved that number. If I oh, only hey. had time. If I only had time, becoming more and more relevant as I get older. Well, shortly I've got another song called "Eve of Destruction" coming up, and it's uh, quite <laughs> pertinent. It's quite pertinent to what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. Oh, yes, that's awful, isn't it? Very sad. Yeah. So in the in the days when we could travel, I belonged to a network of women who hosted each other in their homes, and I've been to a few countries in the world and stayed with different women that complete strangers to me. Uh, in their homes, and we have three members in Russia. I don't know if we've got any in the Ukraine. I've, I've got out the book and had a look last night. Yeah, and that's very sad. You know, because women women create families, and you know, value. I think women value individuals and families, and men are more involved in societies, maybe rather than individuals. And um, I think there'll be there'll be ordinary people like me in Russia that are very upset. 
You think us men have something to answer for when it comes to hostilities, Jan? I think, yes, I think if, if more women were involved in, in uh, the ways of the world, perhaps there would be less violence and conflict. But who's to say? I think, I think we need both. I mean, men and women are different. That's why we're supposed to have a father and a mother, I think. And to change the subject, <laughs> Jan, how did you dodge all that weather, the shocking weather that we heard about? During your trip, but yes, yes, that was a bit, that was a bit distracting. I have to admit, we, you know, obviously in a motorhome you're a bit trapped if it rains. Um, the only good thing about it is that you can keep going. You know, you can go. Where is it? Where is the weather better? So we came out. We did. We did want to spend a few days in the Catlins, and we came out of the Catlins uh, because of the rain. It was 31 degrees when we arrived at the Catlins, and we went and had a uh, had a meal and a drink at the local pub and we actually met friends down there and, and had a bit of a jam and then we went to sleep in the heat um, and uh, woke up and it dropped from 31 to 11 and it was heavy rain and it was coming all through our roof boot vents because we'd left them open because it was so hot so that was probably the worst experience we had of the rain um, but we, we just avoided it so we didn't get affected by any of the floods or slips so we look at NZTA and if the road's closed we go to a different way well, that was well timed then. Mm, we were lucky, and everything at home was fine as well. Then when we got home back at home, for did you have, did you have an umbrella? Did you have an umbrella? Yes, we do have an umbrella. Yes, <laughs> got a real estate agent plaster all over it. <laughs> you might have been surprised to find that the um, it was more than warm weather in Wellington when it spilled over the strait, and it was affecting Picton in a big way. That's getting pretty close oh. to home for you. Yes, it is, yes. Yeah, definitely. And my daughter had a friend in Westport who got flooded out um, and she just had a baby, you know, for the first flood in Westport. And they had only just finished their house. They'd been back in it three or four weeks when they got evacuated out again. She's heavily pregnant with her second child now. So it must have been very stressful for her. I felt very sorry. And a very worried granny. Yes. Yes, but anyway, all was well. No, no more water or insurgents, so everything's okay. But that would be so stressful. Well, you may be soon paying attention to where the next project is because what you took on in the South Island, it, it really sounds like a project. I think, I think I'd quite like to actually get involved in creating one. Well, you're always welcome here in uh, Kirikiri, Roa, Hamilton. You're always welcome to pay us a visit in your, in your motorhome. I think we will one day, but I'm just not confident yet. It's a long way to come back. So lifting up MIQ and everything, I'm thinking more and more like it's never been across the ditch, not with us. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, um, it's amazing what you could achieve in a motorhome getting around. And uh, yes. it's sparing the costs that would be involved in seeking accommodation, hotels or motels. Yes, but of course the fuel price is going up, not as cheap as it was, but some days in a motorhome you only travel, um, I don't know, 170k, sometimes not even that much, just to the next parkover property or the next Freedom Camp or the next NZMCA park. Oh, you'll have to get an electric motorhome. Oh, wouldn't that be, wouldn't you, wouldn't that need a lot of power? <laughs> well, if you want to save on the power, perhaps a electric 
Bushwhack might be good. <laughs> I got one of them. I got one of them. I don't think I could tow that motorhome with it. Yeah, we, we, you're, um, at the moment, Dan, you're going in and out so um, with with your phone call, but uh, we've, we've got all the gist of it anyway. Yes, thanks. Right, yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. Week. I will, please. I've got some good news on COVID-19 coming up, so... Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to pop the radio back on now we've had this call and have continue to listen. Okay, thank you. All well, right. thank you. Fine. Thanks, Jan. Uh, um a collective sigh of relief. There are 15,000 new cases in the country today. It has been going down over the weekend. Sadly, there's one death. 618 people in hospital amid the Omicron outbreak. So 15,161 new community cases. Yes, have we reached the peak, Mel? So let's let's cross our fingers and... There are, let's have a look, I'll look at Waikato here, uh, just going down the list. There's 1,334 new cases in Waikato, 7,226 in Auckland. But the big news of the week is the Ukraine. I've sat in front of the television, watched the explosion at that nuclear power plant. What is Putin thinking of? And it just reminded me of this song, The Eve of Destruction. The poetic words of Barry Maguire. The Eastern world, it is exploding. Violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you... Understand what I'm trying to say Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today If the button is pushed There's no running away There'll be no one to save Will the world in a grave Take a look around you, boy It's bound to scare you, boy Hey 
look around to Selma, Alabama. Uh, you may leave here for four days in space, but when you return, it's the same old place. The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace. You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace. It's your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace and tell. I came to town to search for gold And I brought with me a memory And I seemed to hear the night wind cry Go hang your dreams on the hanging tree Your dreams of love that could never be Hang your faded dreams on the hanging tree I searched for gold and I found my gold And I found a girl who loved just me And I wished that I could love her too But I'd left my heart on the hanging tree I'd left my heart with the memory And a faded dream on the hanging tree There were men who craved my gold And meant to take my gold from me When a man is gone, he needs no gold So they carried me to the hanging tree To join my dreams and a memory Yes, they carried me to the hanging tree Almost died And it happened just That way with me They took the gold And set me free And I walked away From the hanging tree I walked away from the hanging tree And my own true love She walked with me That's when I knew That the hanging tree was a tree of life, new life for me. A tree of hope, new hope for me. A tree of love, new love for me. The hanging tree. The hanging tree. The hanging tree. Quarter to two, free of him, 89.0, independent community media, Bruce Scott and Mel Driscoll. We've been round the country in both islands today, talking about conservation and road trips, etc., etc. And of course, the look into the photos of the 
destruction in Wellington during the week. And my praise goes out to all those photographers. May have had telephoto lenses, but some of those journalists in the middle of it being abused, spat at, having things thrown at them. And, of course, you read this week too that Parliament's doors were reinforced because they found out the plan was to do a Washington and get into the Parliament buildings itself, Mel. Yes, and our focus on the Ukraine, which we had hoped we could link to today. There are demonstrations in Auckland, and one of those who is involved has also published an open letter to our government saying, my morning used to start with coffee. Now it starts with making sure my family and friends in Ukraine are still active and alive. As I write this, Ukraine is in flames. Its peaceful people are fighting a war they didn't start and didn't deserve, but it's upon them all the same. I've lived here, New Zealand, 16 years, but my entire family remains in Ukraine. Some are fleeing, others have joined the fight. All are suffering. Russian violence is escalating. Putin is now deliberately targeting civilians. Schools and kindergartens are being bombed and innocent children are being killed. Parts of Ukraine are reporting severe food and supply shortages, particularly those areas in the southeast that are cut off by the Russian army. Reports and videos of the use of vacuum bombs, more devastating even than napalm, and cluster bombs are starting to come in. The people of Ukraine are fighting a superpower, but they will not go quietly into the night. When Ukraine called for volunteer soldiers on the first day of the war, so many responded they had to turn people away and tell them to wait. When Ukraine asked people to give blood for the injured, within hours there were queues despite a constant threat of shelling. Breweries suspended brewing to produce Molotov cocktails to use against Putin's tanks. World champions and beauty queens are picking up guns. We would hope to bring to air on Free FM 89.0 next Sunday's program the author of those words, Anastasia Gutarova. She or he is at a demonstration this afternoon, but it's never far from their minds to take any opportunity they can to alert New Zealanders to what they say is the true position. Yeah, and back, my praise also goes out this week to that Māori Marae in one of the suburbs of Wellington. They turned back the protesters. They didn't want them anywhere near them. One man got arrested. We're going to hear more about this over the coming months. What they are going to be charged with, the people in Wellington, insurrection. I don't know if there's any insurrection laws on the books in New Zealand, but boy, we're going to hear more about this. And congratulations to any of Hamilton police who were down there and also the the police officers just fresh out of police college. They were in the thick of it. It's an interesting. To the uh, firemen and the police who use fire hoses and then the, police, then the fire service had issues with the police using the fire hoses. And on that subject of the Ukraine, 
Our Mayor in Hamilton, Paula Southgate, says the city is looking at ways to support Ukraine and Ukrainian friends and family in New Zealand. The City Council will continue to light the Victoria Bridge in the Ukrainian colours each night and will fly the Ukrainian flag as soon as it can get hold of one. And the problem was, apparently, there was such a run on them. Never been such a demand, ever. So, we had also one who featured in a programme years ago when she was concerned with climate change. One who has established an organisation that is Hamilton peace activist and founder of youth-led peace advocacy movement Rise for Lives, Timmy Barbas. She's 20 and she's written an open letter to world leaders. A younger generation doesn't hesitate to take their concerns to the top. Good on the young getting in, in interested and, of course, local body elections are coming up too. We'll be talking to, before we go... Um, our local comment is coming up next. This is the follow-up to El Paso, the late Marty Robbins from 1976. From 30,000 feet above the desert floor I see it there below A city with a legend the West Texas city of El Paso Where long ago I heard a song about a Texas cowboy and a girl And a little place called Roses where he used to go and watch this beauty world I don't recall who sang the song but I recall the story that I heard I remember each and every word The singer sang about a jealous cowboy And the way he used to go To kill another cowboy then. And the story goes on That's El Paso City That is Marty Robbins We'll take you out with the originals Through up to 2 o'clock this afternoon Afternoon, sir. Tremors talk. Yes, there we go again. Who's seen that commercial on TV, Road to Zero? I saw the... Is that the one where all these people come out of the car? The That's the one, and, yeah. And they're up against that, uh, that road thing, the, the fence, or... <laughs> yeah. And all these people come out of that car. So where do they all come from? I, I mean, I've seen some weird uh, ads on TV, but that must take the cake. <laughs> I mean... Uh, who could understand what's going on? I mean, who does the road transport department in Wellington hire to come up with these ads? It staggers me. I think the the, the factor behind it is they're trying to draw, do these things to draw people's attention, but I think I find it quite irritating. I mean, if they gave me the opportunity, I'd probably even do it for nothing. I could come up with a far better commercial that yeah. really brings home the, the, what they're aiming at. I, I noticed that young officer, he was a side police sergeant. They don't give stripe police, uh, sergeant oh, no, stripes. This is, uh, and they chase someone on a skateboard trying to do backstroke. 
Well, I wonder if he was, he was an actor or was a real police officer. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, it's a bit of a worry if it was a real yeah. one. <laughs> but, uh, it just goes to show you the things that they come up with. And like, I think they've got another version of it as well where they use a road toll. Yep. Yeah, of course. And we've just been talking about it before. Did you sit down and watch what happened in Parliament grounds on Wednesday? Oh, yes. I mean, it's, it's shocking, actually, really, what they would missiles are throwing and, and chemicals on Setting at the police. A fire? That's right. I mean, it's, 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 it's a bit like what they did in Washington. Yeah. The only thing is they didn't get inside the Beehive building. Well, that was their plan. That was their plan. Yeah. Because they strengthened the doors and all that. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Mel and I watched it on... I watched it online on the stuff online in the library. I sat there for about an hour and a half watching what was going on. And they were picking up bricks. They, were, they even had... Um, Spades, and they were they were taking bits and pieces off the road to throw at the police officers. Oh, I mean, it's, it's complete complete anarchy. Yep, at, at its worst. Yeah, I mean, and not one of them had a mask on, and I bet they weren't getting tested afterwards either. I think the figures I got out today are probably far short of what they probably really are. Yes, fifteen thousand something today. So, are we reaching a peak? Well, we, we could well be, yep. I think, and uh, I think. Uh, Personally, as I just said, I think the, the figures should be a lot higher. If all those people at the protest got tested, mm -hmm. I think the results would be quite shocking. Well, we just heard a police siren just go past here. so um, <laughs> and, and, of course, um, there's an alleged murder out in Huntington today, so police investigating oh, that today. Oh, Huntington? Yes, Huntington. Oh, okay. Hey, thank you, Trevor. Very good. We're going, we're going to get out of here. We've got afternoon tea. I think uh, our cook's just uh, got some bread and, bread and butter for us outside. Oh, okay. So that sounds like a pretty good And going to leave you with Derek and, <laughs> Derek and Peter are here. It is five to two. As promised, take you out with the late great Marty Robbins again. And this is the song you heard earlier when we were talking to Jan from Nelson. Goodbye. <laughs> This town of El Paso I fell in love with a Mexican girl Nighttime would find me in Rose's cantina Music would play and Felina would whirl Blacker than night were the eyes of Felina Wicked and evil while casting a spell my love was deep for this Mexican maiden I was in love but in vain I could tell One night a wild young cowboy came in Wild as the West Texas wind Dashing and daring a drink he was sharing With wicked Felina, the girl that I love So in a his right for the love of this maiden Down with his hand for the gun that he wore My challenge was answered in less than a heartbeat A handsome young stranger lay dead on the floor Just for a moment I stood there in silence Shocked by the foul evil deed I had done Many thoughts raced through my mind as I stood there I had but one chance and that was to run Out through the back door of roses I ran 
back in a way I did ride Just as fast as I could From the West Texas town of El Paso Out to the badlands of New Mexico Back in El Paso my life would be worthless Everything's gone in life, nothing is left It's been so long since I've seen the young maid My love is stronger than my fear of death I saddle up and away I did go Riding alone in the dark Maybe tomorrow a bullet may find me Tonight nothing's worse than this pain in my heart Five mounted cowboys Off to my left right a dozen or more Shouting and shooting I can't let them catch me I have to make it to Rose's back door Something is dreadfully wrong for I feel A deep burning pain in my side Getting weary, unable to ride But my love for you, leader, is strong And I rise where I fall Though I am weary, I can't stop to rest I see the white puff of smoke from the rifle I feel the bullet go deep in my chest From out of nowhere, Polina has found me Kissing my cheek as she kneels by my side Cradled by two loving arms that I'll die for One little kiss and Felina Goodbye Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.